In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism. Hi, Psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. And for this episode, I have back on Carrie Hummingbird Sammy. She's medicine woman, mother, and mentor. She's the founder of Inner Medicine Training, a mystery school that shares potent ancient traditions from the Andes and Himalayas for owning your wisdom and living your purpose. And now also, she is the number one international best-selling author of Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. Ooh, I just got chills. She's also the host of Soul Nectar Show, where Carrie inspires people to lead and live their lives wide awake with an authenticity, passion, and purpose that positively impacts others. Sister and podcaster, welcome back. Oh, thank you, Nicole. I'm so glad to see you again. I think about you often, and I think your audience is doing great things listening to you. And I want to say also that you're going to be on Soul Nectar Show. And, and so if anybody's interested in hearing Nicole's story, that's going to come out. I'm going to, I already did an episode with you, but we're going to do another one. So I'm excited because you always want to hear, sometimes you have your, your person you love to listen to, but then you, you want to hear their story too. And you got to go somewhere else for that. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, and we'll be sure, I'll be sure to include that in the show notes. But so Carrie, you've been doing loads of things since we talked last. One of them also was writing this book, which is now, I mean, it's only been out a couple of weeks now and it's an international bestseller. So what led you to write the book? Tell us all about it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel really fortunate that the first book, The Second Wave, it's not really my first book, but The Second Wave is on the charts 194 weeks now, internationally bestseller. And that tells me that people are waking up to what is going on in the planet and looking outside the traditional boxes for answers. And as they find those answers, they wake up to a part of themselves that needs to be discovered right now. So the first part for a lot of people was like, oh my gosh, we're part of a wave of consciousness lifting on the planet, right? What does that mean, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. People waking up just in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then being curious about like thinking outside the box, like maybe I'm like a soul, you know, and and, and reincarnating and having lots of lifetimes on this planet. Oh my gosh, I never thought of myself that way. Or what if I'm a star seed and I came here to help lift consciousness and now I'm like waking up to that. Wow, what does that mean about me? So I love that. And now this is the next revelation, right? Because revelations come in a series of revelations and I'm not the only one putting revelations out there, but in, in my little Carrie Hummingbird camp of the world, the revelation is now it's like the invitation is, Yes, you're a soul. Yes, you're a star seed, most likely. Yes, you are here for the change on the planet. Anybody on the planet is here for the great awakening, like everybody. Yes, you are that. And it's not necessarily what you thought because life leads you on a series of revelations to get you to the next revelation. 
And so for a lot of people, they thought, okay, this means my, my path to success is to ascend my consciousness by just being in soul, timeless consciousness and only staying there. And so doing lots of meditation and keeping my vibe high and only ever being in that space and never, ever going into shadows. And if I get there, like quick, ooh, get it off me and like go back up to the high places. Right. And, and a lot of people leave their bodies, you know, when they do meditation and it feels good. That's why we like to sleep. <laughs> Yeah. Let me dream. Let me sleep. Let me go leave my body. Well, now it's like, no, no, no. Get in your body. Get all the way in your body. Because when you get all the way in your body, number one, you can manifest things better on behalf of the planet and, and other people in your community and yourself. And number two, you get the messages you need. So when we're outside of our body, we get one kind of message from our higher guidance, right? We get that higher ascended consciousness, a message from the angels of the higher realms or things like that. But what we want to do now is get in our body so we can get the mother earth messages because the solutions for the, for how humanity is going to survive this fifth extinction comes from mother earth. That's where the messages come from. It's about plugging yourself back in as a cell in the body of mother earth and realizing that you're a spirit and body, you're soul and human, you're the great spirit, you're also Mother Earth. In this incarnation or series of incarnations on Earth, you are that. So you got to get comfortable with the density and comfortable with the emotions and all, and maybe you're not comfortable, but you got to feel it to heal it, right? And we're at the turn of the great age here right now. We have to heal all the things that came before. And those things are in your body, even if you didn't experience those lifetimes, their ancestral DNA in your body. And you're carrying it forward if you don't heal it. So that's why embodiment is a big topic right now. Like everyone's talking about embodiment, embodiment, embodiment. And it's all over the place. Why? Because Mother Earth speaks to everybody who's listening. And then everybody's sharing those messages because they're hearing it through their meditations and through their own bodies. And as we embody, we get the information we need for what steps we're individually supposed to take, you know, because we all play a part what role am I playing? What role are you playing? What role is the listener playing? That comes from Mother Earth direct. That doesn't come from me or you or anybody else. It comes direct from Mother Earth through your body and your ability to get quiet and listen. So that's really the impetus behind this book. And so what's the structure for listening? And the, the best tool that we have that we know of that's coming through me, and I'm sure there's mother many other ways and cultures and things like that. So I don't want to dismiss any path because I really believe that we all have a, th a unique thumbprint journey. But if you're listening to this and you're resonating, the path is the medicine wheel. The path is through the ancient traditions of our ancestors and the indigenous people that are currently alive today that carried it forward through a whole lot of suffering and colonization. They kept this wisdom alive for us today so that we could reactivate this knowing, stepping into harmony with the four directions, the south, the west, the north, and the east, Mother Earth, all of life on the planets, the mountains, the rocks, the crystals, you know, I mean, how many of us have found crystals and like have like tons of crystals now? It's happening whether you knew it was happening or not. And that is the medicine wheel calling you to be in Earth spirituality, in Earth connection, in Earth consciousness. So we, you know, we've been gravitating towards the rocks of crystals. We've been gravitating towards the plant medicines. That's all part of this shamanic path. And so to really honor it is to really step into a spiritual practice of devotion with the four directions and Mother Earth for your own evolution of your consciousness, because you're not going to evolve your consciousness without the body. One of the things that was really standing out to me too is that you're right. There was a lot of, or is a lot of, let me try to go inward and understand who I am and where I am in the spiritual journey. And I think that oftentimes people believe that, oh, that was all I really had to do was kind of go within and understand and go from that perspective. But then there's constantly areas for growth for us on our spiritual path and journey and where people might be struggling with, and I don't want to speak for everybody listening, but is the, where it, it is that density. It's now understanding that connection to earth. It's understanding the connection to the energy around us, not just within earth, but the community. And through that and why we have these physical bodies and we're human beings is to be able to not just experience it, but to transmute our healing that of our ancestors, also past lifetimes, as well as the earth. It's a it's a constant energetic exchange, but we're taking from the earth versus giving back. And that's kind of 
where we're headed, right? Can you talk a little bit about this fifth extinction? And I'm sure that's a lot in the book as well, but to share for people that might not be as familiar with what that is. Yeah. And so there's been cycles of growth on the planet for a long time. And they go in these cycles where it'll it'll go for a while where there'll be life flourishing with some version of humanoid. And then it will have like an extinction or like, for example, the dinosaurs is a perfect example, right? Like the asteroid hit the earth, it created all that destruction and all of life kind of died off for a little while. And then she rejuvenated life in a new way. So there's always these periods of time where Mother Earth kind of like clears the slate. Like if it starts to get too imbalanced, she'll just kind of come along and clear the slate of that. And for a long time, from this is from a starseed perspective, we've been working on this human creation to try to figure out how do we bring this human creation upwards into consciousness so that it's a fully independent conscious operating piece of divinity, right? And the thing that's tricky about it is that we have free will and we have this egoic personality. We have this mind. So how do we create something that has its own mind and its own ability to choose that doesn't end up causing mass destruction? Clearly, we can see that this is a problem, right? Because we see the planet and the way it is. So what we've been doing at a higher level is like massaging and working through this creation to bring it to higher levels of consciousness so that it can be harmonious with the rest of the life on the planet. And in some parts of our creation, it has worked, right? So there's like indigenous, some indigenous, not all, but some indigenous populations, for example, the Caro up in the high mountains of the Andes have been able to lift their consciousness into like right relationship, which they call Aini, A-Y-N-E or A-Y-N-I, depending how you spell it, Aini, and also Munai, and Munai is unconditional love. Munai, M-U-N-A-Y, that's unconditional love. And they were able to arrive at this unconditional love, the shamans and medicine people, despite having basically everything taken away from them during Spanish Inquisition and colonization. That's amazing to be up in the middle of the, of the high mountains with nothing else, like basically poor and impoverished by materialistic standards, but like wealthy by love. That's amazing. So there's tribes of people that have been able to reach these higher states of consciousness by working with Mother Earth and working through their lessons direct with Mother Earth and with the ancestors. So this is my lineage that I've been adopted, no redheaded stepchild, been adopted into as these Caro people and also work with the Wixotica people as well in Mexico. And they've, they're another tribe that's been able to do a lot of really good work. And so we can learn from people who are willing to teach us that are from these traditions. And what we're learning as Western people is how to look within for the wealth rather than acquisition from the outside and also how to be in reciprocity in a different way. So the the problem with Western colonization and the Western mindset is that it's like, you know, it's like acquire, acquire, acquire. It's consumerism and it's Westward expansion and it's like taking over the world. And like, it's also teamed up with, you know, Christian religion, like take it on, take it over, make everybody believe the way we believe and nothing else can exist outside of us. That would be like the daisy saying, no more roses, only daisies. And like just going and like decimating all other flowers, no more lilacs. No, we only have daisies. That's it. Only daisies. So we've had a lot of this, this proliferation of these ideas. And what it's caused is some interesting things, which are not to be like tossed out, it's caused us to really have great technology, for example. So because of the Western mind, we have things like we're doing right now. We have this ability to communicate all over the planet, right? That's beautiful. And because of Western colonization and the infiltration of all these communities, this is like pretty much standard everywhere, right? So in some ways, it created this infrastructure that we can communicate across populations. Also with the English language, right? Like everybody being forced to speak English, you know? It's like you have to learn English and you have to learn about the Bible if you want to like get food. But we'll give it to you only if you do this. So in a way, it's helpful because now everyone's able to pretty much speak a similar language with each other, right? The problem is, is that we're all daisies. And that's not the way the garden is meant to be. The garden is meant to be you know, all the flowers and and not only just the ones that we know about in the botany book, but like new flowers being created all the time. Like, and the weeds too, the weeds, the weeds reset the soil, you know, the, the weeds come in and, and, and reset everything. 
So we've kind of gotten to this place where we only want to see the world a certain way and we don't want to see it any other way. That is what is being broken apart now. In order for us to survive, we've got to plug back into Mother Earth. We had to kind of kind of disrupt the conformity matrix that has been formed. We had to disrupt that conformity matrix on all the ways it likes to express itself. And we need to start listening inside to follow the inner voice and the inner guidance, get more into our bodies, get connected with the planet, get back into that mycelial network. That's why a lot of people are taking mushrooms right now, you know, because you get plugged back into the mycelial network of earth, which is like an underground internet. <laughs> and then you, you are able to understand things at a different level. You're able to go left instead of right. You know, you're able to make this decision instead of that decision. And it supports you when you surrender to it. So that is the part that we're in now. And why is that important? Because we need to be tapped into the planet to get the wisdom in each of our own professions that would support us in making key discoveries or new realizations about how we can solve a problem on the planet. Also, the the realization that we need to solve these problems. I mean, that's just the key one, that we need to do something about it. And that feeling the energy of the planet helps us to know that like, when we feel anger in our bodies, we know something needs to change. We know we need to make a change. And that fire energy, that anger energy is here to propel us to make the change, to do it, right? And that is also why it's important to feel your feelings and to feel all the things happening in your body. This body is your mother earth farm. It's your garden. It's your mother earth piece of garden. And it's yours to tend. And it's yours to listen to. And it's yours to get connected back to the planet. Everybody has their own little piece of earth. I've got mine, you got yours, listener has yours. We need to tend our garden. And that includes everything that gets placed in the garden by Mother Earth, which includes emotions and all those things. So yeah, we can't be afraid of negativity anymore because then we're going to be not in our bodies. So a lot of people are in different stages, right, of their spiritual journey or awakening and their path. But where, you know, the book that you talk that you wrote and that where you talk about is how can we tap more into Mother Earth and, as you just mentioned, in our own bodies and create that awareness. What are some steps for people that, you know, things that they can do depending on where they are in the various stages of their spiritual journey? Absolutely. So the first thing I started with was opening sacred space every day as a practice, you know, and for me, I give, I always give an invocation in my books to how to do it, but really ultimately it's a conversation from your heart. It's a relationship with the South, a relationship with the West and the North and the East And when you have somebody that has a good relationship with the directions and they introduce you to it, it's like you're meeting a friend. You can feel their energy clearly. They come in. And some people have visions and they see it. I don't see the directions. I like maybe mild vision. I more like feel the energy of that direction as it enters the space. And when working with the directions, it's just one way to start getting plugged into what I call the mystery. And many people call the mystery, which is the the Mother Earth energy, she is a mystery. She teaches us in a very nonlinear way our lessons, right? So like you're saying, like people are at different parts of their path and what's right for one person isn't going to be right for another person. That's why it's like tricky studying with a teacher, especially if that teacher thinks they have your answer. So if you have a teacher that thinks they have your answer, you need to leave that teacher. (laughs) Just saying, because that's not true. That's going to be half the people that go to people, by the way, because they usually book the sessions to say, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And that's not the way to go about it. No. I mean, you can get some help for a little while. I mean, when you're starting out, initial guidance is good, right? Like you do that. And you're, you, I'm sure you do an amazing job, Nicole, because you're really insightful. Getting a little nudge from a friend, booking a session with a psychic to get some information to get you started is awesome. And I want to encourage all the psychics and guides listening to this. The way to really up-level what you're doing at this time on the planet is to really, like, you're going to see what you see and your seeing is clear, but the person needs to learn how to see for themselves. So do your best to ask questions, you know, ask good questions to help the person arrive at themselves. Help them to notice what's going on in their body. That's a sign, you know, like, oh, what do you feel in your body? Oh, I feel this. Okay. What does that mean to you? Go into that. You know, it's like help guide the person to get familiar with how their body's operating because Mother Earth is, works in everybody's body, not just mine or yours. 
And I want to add to that too on on this little side tangent because it's very important is that I think sometimes people go to a practitioner and they're saying, that's what I'm paying you for is to give me the answers or to give me this information. And if you're approaching it that way, like you said, a nudge is one thing, but I have questions for people, not just for me as a person and as a human being and a spiritual being, but also because their guides and angels are asking them those questions because exactly what you're doing, there's an empowerment behind it and a teaching and an evolution for people to understand. The answer isn't always in this crystal ball and this knowing in that moment in time because we, as you mentioned, have free will and choice. So we can make those different decisions and take a wholly different approach and our energy and perspective changes, right? Absolutely. And I understand, believe me, when you're in the dark and you're frustrated and you're hurting and you just want it to stop, you do want to just call on somebody and be like, please just help me clear this. 1-800-PSYCHIC. 1-800-PSYCHIC. Like, but the thing is that don't you want to develop that skill yourself so that when the middle of the night, when your psychic is not available, you can resolve the challenge you're having because you have a good relationship with your allies. And in my case, if you walk the path of inner medicine, it's the four directions. It's jaguar, it's, you know, hummingbird, it's serpent, it's eagle condor, you know, I mean, you're, these are allies that come into your field and start to support you in your body to understand how your body works. And don't you want to know how you work? I mean, you want to find your own truth so you can take your own epic adventure into the wild of your consciousness and turn out your own hero heroine's journey of like who you're meant to be on this planet for all of us. Yes, absolutely. So you were saying that you you set up a sacred space and there's a sacred ritual in the morning that you go to and you gravitate towards every day. So that's kind of a first step or something that, that allows us to connect not just with ourselves, but with the energy around us. What else? Exactly. And what it also does is it opens the door. It says, I am willing to receive guidance and support. I am willingly inviting allies to create situations in my life that are very obviously part of my curriculum so that I can learn and grow. That when you open sacred space, that's what that says. It's like the permission. It's like giving the universe permission. Exactly, because the universe is super respectful and so it's not gonna violate your autonomy. So you have to invite regularly, otherwise it doesn't show up. So I invited every day. I invited it in the beginning of every healing session. I invited it here before we started this broadcast because I wanna be in the highest and best for everybody listening and I'm aware that my lower consciousness, my personality self, although she means really well, she's got her filters, right? Whereas my higher consciousness is really, really clear because it has that timeless perspective. So I want to be inviting my higher consciousness and my higher guides and the medicine people beyond the veil because they have that visibility that I only see through my eyes and through my specific lens. And so I want to be coming all the time as much as possible from the the totality, from the higher perspective, from the totality of me, while not ignoring my human perspective or judging it or shaming it or blaming it. So our human perspective is like what our soul came here to be in this lifetime. And the soul chose you. So I just, if nobody hears anything else, like, please stop judging your egoic personality because your soul designed you to be exactly who you are, to have a set of experiences through you, as you, for you, by your soul, so that you can learn something new in this lifetime and have experiences that you wanted to have. So you are beloved. You are the vessel through which your soul is experiencing existence in this lifetime. That is a huge honor, a huge privilege to be that chosen one by your soul. And so like, let that in. You are exactly wanted the way you are. If you're a hot mess, your soul wants you that way. You're perfect that way. There's like, your soul is not judging you at all. Like you're exactly what your soul wants. Personalities judge ourselves all the time because they're like, our souls are so perfect and we're so imperfect. Ah. So what else? So you said like the sacred space and creating that sort of approach helps not just open you up, but to also be consciously more aware of what's going on. I would kind of equate that to, at least because I somewhat like definitions, reading energy or being able to kind of pick up on that around you. Because as soon as you said, not just the physical and what we could see with our eyes, but what else is around us, those emotions, right? the the other kind of feelings and things that we pick up. So there's that. And then through that, that opens up and gives permission to the universe and or spirit and or Mother Earth to engage with us and give us direction 
and guide us, but also to allow us, I'm assuming, probably to not just connect with ourselves, but with these other energies and things, right? And so that would be the first, almost the biggest step also for consistency. What other things can people do? Yeah, so I think that a big part of the the work is to realize that there's different levels of perception that you can engage with life as. So you, if you engage with life the way most people do on the planet up until now, it's kind of like the beta brain, the thinking brain, the, you know, this is a phone, this is a lighter, this is my physical reality. That's all there is. You're kind of at that level and, and life is very like unmagical and predictable and dense. And, and it's like really constrictive and it's got a lot of rules and it's part of a whole matrix of conformity that keeps you in this like little cage of like what you should be experiencing and who you think you are and your role in life. And, you know, it's specifically designed to also keep you stressed out and in some fear or some apprehension because it moves, you know, it has a lot of expectations about how you should be behaving and it kind of keeps poking at you a lot. And, and it also is like things that we take for granted and we think are really reasonable, but are actually just creating a ton of stress. Like, for example, if so you have a boss that's always watching like exactly when you get into the office or, you know, if you have to drive to work because you can't work at home, well, that's like a lot of added stress, right? You have to, and it seems to be designed to keep adding those stresses, right? Like your HOA is requiring your grass to be mowed to a certain level at all times and not have anything in your perfect concrete driveway except concrete, things like that that we take for granted as, well, that's just the way it is because we have to have a green lawn. Well, who said we had to have a green lawn? Somebody said that, right? And then that creates a whole other set of expectations for how things should be. There's a lot of things we take for granted that create a lot of stress. And that's like the normal reality. That's the matrix living. And so when you start to explore your intuition and your psychicness you and you connect with Mother Earth, you open up different dimensions of reality that don't adhere to those rules. And, you know, they, they, they don't operate that way. They don't operate by a clock. They don't operate by, you know, this kind of perfection matrix They that you should do exactly this all the time. And as a matter of fact, the deeper you go into it, the more you access levels of your humanity that have been very repressed and denied. And it's only through accessing and unlocking these levels of your humanity that have been repressed and denied that you get, you kind of unlock some keys of your awakening process. So when you first slip into this other level of awareness, what happens first is synchronicity, right? Like you get connected to synchronistic. You're like, there's no way that could have happened. That's when people start to see repeating signs, symbols, numbers, whatever. And then they're like, ooh, that whole magical world opens up. The magical world opens up. And then after that, you start, you start beginning to listen, but you don't like what you're hearing because what it's telling you is you have to do something that's going to bring you outside of conformity with the matrix that you're in. And it's, and if you're out of conformity with the matrix, the matrix is going to be unhappy with you and you know you're going to get pushback because you're not doing it the way everyone expects you to do it or you're not being who everyone expects you to be or you're doing something that's, quote, weird or unusual or you're talking about things that are weird or unusual or whatever it is, like me publishing my first book. I was actually just going to ask you what was yours. What was the, I mean, I'm sure you and I have had multiple, but like what was, it was your, your book. Yeah. It was really like writing Awakening to me. That book was outing myself for all of my self-destructive patterns. And the reason my soul told me I was writing it is so that I could chart the course out of madness. Oh gosh. That's no tall order. <laughs> that is really interesting. Okay. And, but everyone's going to know my stuff. And so it was really vulnerable and transparent to have to write that book. And my family was like, you can write that book, but don't publish it. Like, you don't want people knowing that stuff about you. Yeah, exactly. Just like a journal that nobody sees. Yeah. And people were really, and still are, some people are still mad at me for doing that. So, you know, so I had to do it though, because my soul was telling me to do it. And I had to do it. It's like, I, it's a choiceless choice. Like if I stop following what my soul is telling me, I'm going to get some two by fours, you know, it's just going to show up in my path or I'm just flat out going to lose my magic and my desire to be alive because it's just like, well, I'm just going to blend in with everybody else and I don't really want to be here. So by following your soul's nudges, which are going to make you uncomfortable because it's going to out you as not conforming, that is actually the pathway to your power. And that is the pathway to your awakening. 
So you're, then that's the next step, right? So you get those, <laughs> those nudges like, hey, you have to do something uncomfortable for you and it's going to out you as not following the matrix anymore. Well, the first one, if, and then just interrupt you, and sorry, I don't mean to be rude about that, but I, I just want to make sure we don't lose this point is when we first talked in the very first interview in an episode of when you were on a psychic story, was you changing your last name to Hummingbird. And that being kind of like that first part because you felt it so much in your soul and the reason why, because that was the identity that you had. And you got a lot of pushback, not just from Western, but also indigenous cultures and other things because it was, right, red hair, red hair, white woman, what's she doing? Yeah, how can you claim hummingbird? And it's like, well, but you know, but then again, like the, the Carol people, when I was down in Peru with them, they would, one of the shamans looked at me green because he could see it. So he doesn't argue with me about it because he can see the hummingbird. It's like, this hummingbird is with me all the time. It's telling me like, this is what I need to do. So I just have to follow it because it's my messenger guide. Like I'm, uh, that's who I am in this lifetime. So people, some people can see it and some people can't. So that's another point I just want to say is like, yeah, when you're starting to follow the medicine wheel, you might get some pushback. Like you might get and some indigenous people say, you can't be doing that. You're, that's not your tradition. You're not allowed. And there's, that comes from wounding, that comes from deep, deep wounding that is unhealed, unaddressed, unreconciled, un, like unprocessed and denied, which is even worse, like denied by our overall culture. So th- there's a really good reason why some indigenous people are really, really angry and like rageful because of we have not ever addressed the fact that we took over United States and South America and pretty much all over the world away from indigenous people and raped, tortured and pillaged them. Like that's, that's just not, that's not owned. So we need to own that, you know, as a society and we need to make restitution for that. Now that aside, there are some people, as I mentioned, there's some tribes where they overcame that real deep rage and they turned it into something beautiful, like the Carol people, which is why the Carol people, they just give from their hearts because they, they see that this is part of, this was part of their soul's mastery plan for them and their, and their lineage. And that they never forgot who they were. They never forgot their star nation's assignment to be here on the earth, to anchor the rainbow light. They never, ever forgot that. Now, those of us on the path, we go in and out of realization all the time. But this community, they've been able to stay strong and connected with the land, which is one of their benefits. They were, they never had to move off. They weren't displaced off of their homelands. They were pushed into deeper recesses of their homelands, but they were accessing their ancestors and the homelands. And, and so they never lost touch with that knowing. So there are some traditions like that, which are very happy to guide. Like I have a, a Carol medicine man who works and his wife that work with my people to support us and his family supports us in the work that we're doing etherically and the, and the ancestors and lineage of this, these people support us all the time. Now, sometimes that's not going to be possible. So if you run up again, if you really want to learn indigenous practice and, and you, you're running up against indigenous people who are like, you know, really angry and they're not really wanting to invite you in, don't push that door in, like leave them be. There are, they are going through a massive time of healing right now. Like let them be, send light, send love, you know, just, just love them, be courteous towards them, be graceful towards them, be respectful towards them. They deserve respect. And don't let it stop you from connecting with mother earth because mother earth has told me very, very clearly, this medicine is for every human on the planet right now. So I'm willing to teach it. I'm not the only person that's willing to teach it. There's lots of teachers that are willing to teach it. Some of the indigenous people get upset if they see a white person teaching it. You know, but listen, our ancestors who were Celtic, they also were close to the land. They also were connected with Mother Gaia. And just about, I don't think like most of the people on this continent of the United States have been displaced from our homelands, including the indigenous people. Everybody has been displaced. So I think that's interesting as a cultural phenomenon, as like, I know that nothing is out of alignment with Mother Earth. Nothing happens by mistake. So I start to ask myself questions like, why would it be that everybody on this continent has been displaced? What is the alchemy that she's asking us to have I believe the alchemy is to embrace each other, embrace the unique thumbprint, start to really respect each other, give freedom and tolerance to everyone, 
and really honor the, the founding agreements of this country, even though they were based in complete shite and we all know it, but like honoring the intent of those original words and bringing them to fruition in this time to actually make them real for everyone in this country, I think is the most important thing. And our pathway, again, is by connecting with Mother Earth because she's going to give us the answer. She's going to tell us. There's many times I connect with Mother Earth. My mind thinks something should be one way. I get quiet and still. I go into the hollow bone. I use my pendulum a lot of times just to get my mind out of the way. And I ask the question of Mother Earth directly on the earth. And I ask her and she tells me the opposite of what I thought. And I'm just like, well, why is that? And then I get, you know, so get good at asking questions. But if we just go on our minds, we're probably going to be going in the wrong direction is what I'm trying to say. How do you feel either you personally and or how others can feel that connection to Mother Earth? What does she feel like? I think I can probably tune into a few instances, but I don't think I'm as connected as I should be. need to do my own inner medicine work there. But what does it feel like to you? Because you just mentioned you ask questions and sometimes you use your pendulum, but on a deeper sense, how does it feel when you have that connection? At this point, it's very embodied for me. And like Mother Earth will even move my body, like, because I've got such a very, you know, people with minds that are very active as I have had in my life need stronger guidance. (laughs) And so sometimes the guidance I get is like, I will actually get a full, like my head will just go, nope. And then I'll ask again and I'll go, yep. And it'll be very emphatic. Like it's no doubting it. You know, it's very strong. And it's the same guidance that comes in the middle of sessions. And it's not what I'm thinking, right? So that for me is like, okay. So the more that I'm really in and I'm inviting Mother Earth and I'm acknowledging that this is her vessel, like I'm in her vessel. Ah, uh, the body, the actual physical human body. Got it. I'm in Mother Earth suit that's called Carrie. Okay. So like my soul is in this suit that's programmed with a personality called Carrie, but the, but the body is mother earth. Like it's not my body. It's mother earth's body. It's my avatar. And the planet speaks through my body. The same, the planet speaks through the floor, the space, the same, the planet speaks through the crystals and the animals. This may not be new to you, but this is blowing my mind because it's new to me. So that's why I'm just looking at you like, oh, okay. This is resonating. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're feeling it in your body. It's waking your body up to go, oh, that's right. My body is made of earth. It seems obvious. It really does. Like, I mean, you in your mind, you think, okay, I was in a womb and I was birthed and I'm a human physical being, but I'm also this spiritual being. So we talk about it, but when we actually, oh, that totally makes sense as I just hit my microphone. Yeah, gong. That was a gong. So when, this is the divine kiss, if you think about it, that body is earth which is she, her, the spirit is your, your energy, right? And then it merges into the body. And then the two become you in your totality for the temporary existence of your vessel, for your incarnation plan. And why does the brain have all of this area that we don't know what's in there? Probably because it's storing all of your ancestral experiences, all of your past lives, all the stuff you need to have access to for this incarnation and anything you have baggage that you need to heal and a whole bunch of ancestral wisdom that you can tap into when you're ready. Like it's got everything in it that you need. It's like a backpack filled with your library books for this like class. It's like your Akashic Records. It is like you're traveling Akashic records. So, and it's in your, the ancestral wisdom is usually in your teeth and your bones. It's in the really dense places inside of you. Because think about where else would it, it would, it's like a, a really gigabyte drive, but it's like terra and terra and terabytes of data that is being stored that you can access. And when you do like an Akashic records healing, or you do like a, like a QHHT, which is quantum healing hypnosis technique or anything like that. Yeah, it's tapping into your Akashic records, but where does that live? Is it off someplace etherically, like out here? No, it's like right here inside your vessel. Why would it be disconnected from you? It would be where you are because you're living that incarnation. So you can't escape it. It's a brilliant design if you think about it because Mother Earth is our teacher and we're in her body and she knows everything that we're thinking and feeling and processing. So there's no point in lying about anything anymore 
because you're only delaying the inevitable, which is your awakening. So you might as well just say, I, I know you're here with me <laughs> and, and, you know, you're guiding me and thank you very much. And it's ingenious. If you think about that system is so ingenious that you can't escape your teacher. Like there's no escaping. There's it. really not. Now I have a couple questions there. So then what is or where is God source energy or is it all the same? If Mother Earth is Mother Earth and then our physical bodies, so how does that intersect with everything? I think that it's different experiences is what I feel in my soul. Like like I know in my soul I've been on other planets and I've had other lifetimes and other planets and other experiences. And I and anybody who's had like past life regression, sometimes you end up in other planets and you're like, Oh my gosh, I was on this planet. A completely different kind of experience. So that's kind of like a different teacher, right? Like a different experience. And so we're like currently here having this experience. Now, my colleague, Jennifer Huff, who contributed a chapter to the second wave book, she's a physicist. So she's more of the scientific one. But she said this to me, which really struck me, that Einstein was always trying to solve the equation of where, you know, what is the universe and where is it and all this. And they actually just solved it by placing the universe inside of you. It's actually the perfect equation. So at the center of every one of your 75 trillion cells is the universe. So you're never without the universe because it's at the center of every single one of your 75 trillion cells, but you're currently in an earth suit because you're having an earth experience. And if you think that you can take your earth suit to live on another planet. And that's why the universe is infinite or the galaxy is infinite because it's like inward, outward, inward, outward, everywhere. It, it's the infinity symbol. It's in and out, in and out. And but right now you're in an earth suit. You're not going to take that earth suit and go to Mars and live successfully for very long. You know, it's kind of like if you're going to do that, you'd have to have some really excellent biology to like fuse together your earthling form with in some kind of Petri dish with like life on Mars. Right. Like so it's people just are not. I'll tell you what that is. People wanting to escape to other planets. They want to escape their teacher. They want to escape their soul's curriculum because it's too difficult. Well, and they're also realizing that they're deteriorating and they're killing Mother Earth and everything around us and they don't want to have the acceptance with it either and their role that they played. And this is the part we're at now. So thanks for sharing that because that's exactly where we go next. It's time to fess up. We are in therapy with Carrie Hummingbird. Let's fess up our sins. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this isn't really about blame or shame or anything like that. It's really just the truth that when you start to see the writing on the wall of all the decisions that humanity has made, you have to do one of two things. Either A, give up, <clears throat> right, and go out a victim, or you say, okay, I'm going to take 100% responsibility for doing my part to help resolve the challenges on earth. And in your own life, period. If, if that's where you start, your own life, right? Your own self and then earth. And that is doing it. Like the first stop is you. So as you do your work, your shadow work, and you own the mistakes that you made, most of the, like, let's just extrapolate this, this idea. So when we have dis-ease in the body, it's largely because of unprocessed emotional content, largely. Most disease is caused by denied, repressed emotion, which is because we don't want to own our stuff, or right? So something happened, mm -hmm. don't want to feel it, right? It's traumatic. And, and I understand not wanting to feel trauma, but we, we don't want to feel it. And if we're not willing to feel it, to heal it, or to take learn the tools of self-mastery to clear that stuff, then it stacks up like ancestrally and then it doesn't move anywhere. And then pretty soon you have an, a generation where they're really sick and they're really suicidal. That's what we have right now. Look around the planet. There's so many people doing that right now. So many. Cutting and, and being depressed and being addicted to substances, to trance out, to not face things because it's too painful because so many people couldn't feel the pain all the way up until now. I'm not blaming mm -hmm. the ancestors mm -hmm. whatsoever. But those of us who came in at this time of the Great Awakening, whether or not you realize it now, you said yes to that. You said yes to turning it around. You said yes to embodying, feeling the pain, doing your personal work, opening up your psychic skills, becoming even more sensitive, becoming even more refined, clearing the next level of pain. And just, and as we go, refinement, 
clearing, refinement, clearing, sensitivity, clearing. You agree to that. And the reason we need to do that is to restore health to the body. So when you actually feel your feelings, you get healthier, you look younger, you lose wrinkles. Look at me. How old do you think I am? It's like people think I'm... You're 20. 20. I'm 53. How old do you think I am? How old do you think I am? I think you're like 20. How old are you? I'm 45. 45. Oh, see? Look at us. We look young. Why do we look young? Life force energy. (laughs) Life force energy returns when you clear the stuff out of your way, out of your, you process it, you transmute it, you alchemize it, you you claim the wisdom from that trauma, you claim the wisdom from the wound, you get strong and resilient, and then you start to glow life force, and then gratitude shows up in your heart, and when you feel grateful for your life, you share gratitude and appreciation with everything, and Mother Earth is an appreciation it's a mechanism. ripple effect. So what mm-hmm. you appreciate, mm-hmm. appreciates, and that creates positive, beautiful energy on the Earth, right? And so now you're in the flow of creating beauty. You're in the flow of creating positive from negative, and that is what we're here to do. And when you do that, how does that influence the environment? Because you start appreciating the trees and the flowers and the neighbor and your boss and your mother. And you start just becoming what you're eating, person what that- you're throwing out away in the trash. There's just, res- it's respect in addition to appreciation. It's respect too. And you respect yourself and you honor yourself. And when you honor the temple that you are, you're honoring your piece of Mother Earth, your garden of Mother Earth. You become a healthy cell in the body of Mother Earth. Healthy cells in the body of Mother Earth help more cells to become healthy because we are always light bombing each other. We're always light bombing each other with like beautiful light, right? So whatever you've learned inside your little bubble of healthy cell, you transmit through light photons to others with your voice, with your light, with everything. So you're you're infecting everybody with love at that point instead of disease. So that's that is how it changes. And then when you're conscious, when you know, when you do all this personal work and you reclaim your light, you become more conscious. And when you become more conscious, you use a different part of your brain, which is the for, the frontal cortex, which is the higher reasoning. You start using that brain instead of the reactionary brain. And when you're like that, you make different decisions. And the decisions you make are about how will this decision affect not only myself, but my family, my planet, the animals, seven generations from now. And this is how the indigenous people think. When they make decisions, they take a long time to make that decision. Because it's not just about them as an individual. Because it's not just about them as an individual. It's about the whole collective. But in order to make that leap, we have to first stop being conformist and we have to become sovereign which seems like a separation, but it's actually just releasing the false things you took on to conform so that you can be your true light and voice in the world. And then you can step into being the one that dreams for seven generations from now from that place. So there's a series of steps that people are being led through in order to arrive at oneness with earth. And this is the, this is one of the last as far as I know, I mean, what else is there? Last step of the process, right? I mean, I maybe I'll find out something else as we go along, but it seems to me like this seems to be like the last step. So maybe we'll find out. Thank you very much for this because you're putting a lot of pieces of the puzzle together for me that I, you, you kind of, the way I receive information is I get breadcrumbs, right? So you understand how everything kind of fits together, but giving this whole picture, this perspective is very helpful. You mentioned and used the word sovereign for people that aren't familiar with it, can you share a little bit about that, what the meaning is behind it? I know you you teed it up, right, beautifully, but for people that maybe, maybe need a little bit more clarification. So when you're sovereign, what that means is that you no longer make decisions out of conformity or codependency or because you want to be loved by someone else or because you're sourcing from outside yourself. When you're sovereign, you're making decisions based on the inner voice that you have, the inner knowing, the intuition, the insight, the inner world, and inner includes your body, which is Mother Earth. So whatever your master teacher is teaching you through your body and through that inner voice, you're making the decision from that first. And that is the, that it makes you sovereign. So for example, you know, you might be a person that goes against the grain when everybody else is calling for, you know, let's say that you to put 
something in your arm and you say, I don't, I, my body is telling me no. And that is scary to say that in a population that's afraid and wants you to put that thing in your arm, but you're hearing no from mother earth and from your body and you adhere to that. So that is what it means to be sovereign. It means to follow that inner guidance. Stand in your truth. Exactly. No matter what the consequence on the outside, to stand in your own truth and also not project it as anybody else's truth. Because when you're sovereign, you respect everybody as having their own journey with Mother Earth, that unique thumbprint journey that is theirs. You you can't, and especially, please, please hear this again. I got to say it again. If you have anybody who's kind of like telling you to go against what you know to be true inside of yourself, and they're like your teacher or something like that, I would really encourage you to second think that. Because you're, you need to follow the guidance coming to you. That's your guidance. And that's what I, when a lot of people say that resonates with me, it's because they're tuning into their own self and something's clicking to say, aha, <laughs> I get it. It's, it's feeling like it's the, I don't want to say right or wrong, but it's the, it's feeling centered and in an alignment with my truth and where I need to go and my part of my soul. It's no longer about like right versus wrong. Like we're dissolving that matrix. Well, I just used it. Right. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yes. But yeah, we can agree. We feel resonant with that. But it's really more about tuning into your own inner guidance system and following that voice and trusting the path that you're meant to follow. Because basically, when you follow that inner voice, you get led through a series of initiations that are actually necessary for you to discern the right thing for you. And it's really about learning to listen to your body, listen to Mother Earth, and listen to your soul like as a priority. And then everything else just kind of resolves itself eventually because you're going to have conflicts with people. People are going to be upset that you're not going along anymore. That also is an initiation. You're going to have to maybe lose some people for a little while that can't respect your choice. That is an initiation. And all of it's happening to put you with your roots down in the earth as a sovereign being able to access your source and your truth so that you might need to stand up and say something difficult in your family system or difficult in your community. You might need to protest something and you might need to stand in your conviction about that. You might need to, you know, you might need to lead some movement or something. Who knows what you're meant to do, but you got to be able to trust that voice inside above everything else. Trust yourself. Trust your capital S self. Absolutely. Yes. I've also heard that message many, many times. Trust yourself, usually with a little pat on the will center. It's just been coming up more recently. That's why I said it was so emphatically as I was like, oh my gosh, yes. So it's amazing how often, not just myself, but other people like yourself get those messages and then that just resonates and it clicks in place at the right time. Exactly. This is what we're here to do right now at this time on the planet. So, you know, this is what inner medicine is all about. That's why I wrote, wrote the book. I had my own journey to inner medicine. Nicole, you might not know this about me, but... No, I want to hear it. This is where I was going to go next. What happened as you were writing the book? Because Oh my gosh, all my crap came up in my face. But, and it still is, by the way, because I wrote it and it's out there now. So I get to be, I get to be the exemplar of my own teachings, right? <laughs> That's how it works. But, you know, I used to be that person that would like ask everybody else what I should do before I would just go in and sit with myself. I would ask every other person thinking that they knew the answer more than I did what I should do. And that's really why I spun out for 20 years on a couch in weekly psychotherapy sessions is because I thought this person must know how to live better than I know how to live. Meanwhile, they have their own therapist. Yeah. Meanwhile, now I found that out later because one of my relatives became a psychotherapist and she acted in a way towards me that I was like shocked. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was listening to all these psychotherapists. So I want to say, you know, let's not judge psychotherapists, but just say like every person is their own person and they have their own path. And so we self-select people that we need in order to learn a particular lesson. My lesson was to trust myself. And so I self-selected therapists who largely kind of let me go on and on and on about my stuff and never actually redirected me, you know, and I spun out like in my own story because I needed to learn about the stories I tell create my reality. And I sure did learn that because it created a really awful reality for a while. So now I use my spider medicine to create something better. And this book was really about putting together 
what I've learned from many teachers over the course of 12 years since I left my former life and stepped into the mystery, took the journey myself. I chart the course for people, taking the journey, taking the wake-up call, moving into the great departure, letting go of everything you thought you knew, even your identity. That's very vulnerable. Coming into the vision quest, who am I really? Show me spirit. And then ending with the bid for power. And then going around the great spiral again, back to the beginning, back to the south, through the west, through the north, and through the east. And letting yourself be in that cycle, that process, without like trying to anticipate some end destination, the linear form that our brain likes to do. So I went through the process in writing the book in stepping deeper into the medicine so I could hold space for more people to go into the medicine. And I ended up doing some big soul retrieval work on myself too, past life soul retrieval that I talk about in the book for my lifetime on the Trail of Tears, which was really traumatic. And I was Cherokee and it was very traumatic to see my people and to feel the loss of everything that we had ever had. It was very traumatic. And it's taken lifetimes to get over that. You know, and so I also really want to honor anybody that's like listening to this saying, I think I have some big healing to do. I think I need the wailing tree. I think I need to cry. I need to scream. I need to let it out. My ancestors are calling through me. My past lives are calling through me. I have all this pain I need to release. And, and I want to open to myself in the vision quest. I want to know who I might be in new earth, what we could create together. I, I just honor you for even being willing to ask a question because it's a, is a bold, courageous journey into the mystery to answer those questions. And it's worth it. It's like only, I mean, it's so worth it to take the journey. And I just applaud everybody that's here on this time on the planet because it's a big work that we're doing. Well, I want to say thank you and honor you for doing your work and taking the process and also writing the book and also just the congratulations again and having it be an international bestseller. And that does not surprise me. And all the things that you shared with us here today, just thank you very much. Thank you so much. I, thanks for celebrating that. I'll, I'll just share like my first number one for this book was in Australia. So thank you, Australia. I love you. Bucket loads. And the best part about it was that I was number one. Yeah, I saw that at first that it was Australian. I was like, go girl. And then the next thing it was like international. So yeah. Yeah, because it was like the U.S. pretty much right after that. And then I wasn't, I didn't see myself being number one in Canada, Canadians, come on now, but, or Germany, what's up Germany? But, but I, but I did see it in the U.S. And I was so proud because I don't know if you saw this on social, but I took this picture of, it was a big moment for me because, you know, the mystery, te- mystery school teachings are, well, they're really close to my heart. I mean, this is a big deal to teach medicine, medicine. It's like, it's like you're entering the temple of the great mother and you're like no small feet it's very honoring it's it's like it can be it could be intimidating but you took it like a rock star <laughs> it is it's like oh my goodness and i'm going to you're allowing me really allowing me to serve you in this way i'm so blessed and then to see because i've studied with some highly integrous teachers to see my listing among the all of my teachers books I took a picture of it. I was like, this is just too much for me. I love this. And I'm like, I almost want to frame it and put it in my wall. Like, this is my shining moment. (laughs) I'm listed with all of my teachers. It was cool, man. Well, you're being rewarded for the work from Mother Earth, from Gaia, from the teachers that taught you and the lifetimes before. And that's what it's all about is, and I don't hear any ego in that. It's truly because you're feeling honored and respected as well. That, Like you just said, that ripple energy back, which you give out and you receive and vice versa. So I want to say thank you for sharing and doing what you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, Carrie. Well, how can people reach you and where can they get your book? Absolutely. Thanks for asking that. Um, you can reach me at uh, carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And you can look on Amazon to find the book, Inner Medicine. If you want to receive the first chapter, or you want to check it out, or you want to, I have a free meditation. That's a, grat- that's a grounding meditation. You can get that at my website, carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com forward slash inner medicine. And then you can get on my list and find out about events and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Well, I will include all of that in the show notes. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? 
send an email to contact at a psychic story.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.